0: Hi there, welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here, as always, uh, with Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri?
1: Dowabunga. <laughs> oh, we're sticking with it. That's good. I, was, I didn't know if that was going to be a one and done, or if you were just going to be no, committing to it. No, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride that to the grave.
0: I, I've been... i, I got to say, I was impressed and and disturbed by the number of dowabungas <laughs> I saw on Twitter this week. <laughs> You you definitely started a new a new craze, a new trend.
2: You shocked me, Bree. You totally shocked me. Every week. <laughs> that one shocked me.
0: Did
3: not ever expect that. Uh, oh no, turn down the volume for this episode. Pump up the volume. <laughs> I I feel like Georgia might actually hate it, and I feel kind of bad for teasing her. But it's so fun. Like I I th- I think this is what power feels like, and I like it. And I want people to keep tweeting at her to say Daobunga. I want so, them to never stop doing that.
0: So so can I can I say I have so I I got Diablo three and I and so Bree has been asking to play. So I, m- my wife and I created new characters because. I didn't want to drag Brie kicking and screaming right into the end game. So, and I couldn't come up with a name for my character, so I just named you my character Dawabunga.
2: You're yeah. lying.
3: You're, li- you're I, lying. You're yeah. lying,
0: Steve. I will take you. I will take a screenshot no. after the after the game. No, after the, after the show. T- I will.
3: Wait. Introduce us, though. Okay. The show so has not yet begun. Gu- Steve. Show, oh,
0: sorry. I'm I'm shirking my responsibilities. <laughs> that that that, oh, that is so geez. out of character for us. You
3: had one job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Assistant games editor of Pace Magazine, sad. Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie?
3: Hey, I'm doing pretty well now that I'm finally allowed to yep. speak on this show. Well, I just want—I
0: just want to keep you, you know, see how long I can go before you guys just, uh, you know, stop adhering to the rules that we have formally set. I have been
3: silenced up. for far too long, and I will be heard. No one puts Maddie in a corner. No, they sure don't.
0: Uh, we also have senior editor from iWord.com, host of The Vector Podcast, and the uh, the owner of the Dowabunga Couch for you, Georgia Dow. How are you doing, Georgia? Jeez. <laughs> it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. <laughs> I was spammed. Bree
2: sent everyone. I was spammed massively. <laughs> I'm not going to say by what.
3: And uh, <laughs> then, then- It's impossible I was, I, to say what the spammers were saying. I don't know what-, it, what I forget. No one knows what phrase they might have chosen.
2: <laughs> what pictures- um, even my own friends came back. Renee did too. He did. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you betrayed I triumphed him to make sure he did that. Actually, <laughs> you did. He did. He did it. He did it. I'm <laughs> like, you are kidding me. Then I did, I did the uh, ice bucket challenge thing. And, And a a piece, a chunk of ice, like that was like some sort of like it it was like the size of Bree's murder pillow hit me in the head, and I like bled. So the the end of I saw this photo. This
0: was this was scary looking. A
3: scene from Carrie. You keep having injuries. I don't even know what to say. I'm I, impressed. I, I, <laughs> Honestly. I was so shocked. I I looked like Carrie. I couldn't believe it. Like you looked cool. I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was
2: did. cool. It, it was many things. I don't. I don't know. Not bright <laughs> might be one of them. Nah, keep it up. I say. Yeah. So the funniest part though was that at the end of like on the YouTube on the uh, my ice bucket challenge is that someone actually spammed me even there even injured someone's like when down when's the best time to spam georgia one more time <laughs> so even on that they're like you might be bleeding but we're still gonna spam you
0: it's funny because somebody tweeted to me like oh they gave you a lot of abuse this week i'm like me i i didn't get
1: I, I got off easy the last week i didn't get a lot of abuse <laughs> So oh. I I truly don't. This is what I truly don't understand. Like if my last name were Brianna Dow, I would own that phrase like nobody's business. I would print t-shirts with it.
3: Yeah, but that's the difference between you and Georgia. Like yeah. Georgia's so prim and proper. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, and I don't just understand. wears her therapy prim in, jacket. <laughs> I, just,
2: I am actually wearing it right now. I'm but, sure you are.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not prim and proper. I do martial arts and. Would you not paint your catchphrase on the side of your car in flames? Because I would do that. I would totally do that.
2: I'm not leaving my car in your hands for any amount of no, time. No, we're
1: going we're gonna to get exhibit and we're going to pimp your ride. Just just trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm,
2: I'm not. The prim and pro, I totally don't. I'm not. I'm so not. I do martial arts and horrible things to, like, you know, try to. I mean, anything, you true. you, you, you better falcon
0: watch out, trained. Brie. Once she has this falcon trained, you're going to yeah. be in trouble.
3: That falcon is going to kill us all, oh, and no. we're going to oh deserve my. it. But we're going to have fun up until that point. <laughs> you know that the, the in the end, the only person that's going to be injured
2: from the falcon is me. Oh, don't even <laughs> oh, say that. I just
0: imagine it like, like in Castlevania, where just the bird just swoops down and just comes out oh. of nowhere and then does whatever it's going to do and then swoops I away. Want,
3: I want the bird to be on George's <laughs> side. George, you're gonna get there with that bird. You and that falcon. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
1: I uh, mean, the good news, George, is you're in the sorority now. Like your pledge period is <laughs> over, and now my my eye of wanton destruction has to turn to either Maddie or Steve. So, fabulous. That's good. You know, I'm not gonna mess with Maddie. What, what does Steve have to do to
2: be in the sorority? Because so, he, uh, he uh, Maddie Maddie's at least you know. She she has to be
3: part of the story, but Steve has to do something extra special.
0: I am not sorting any Skittles with maple syrup on my hands. That's not yeah,
3: happening. Yeah, like, do we have to decide which Animal <laughs> House characters we are this week? Like, what is happening? There's is that a, a movie? Sorority? <laughs> okay, let's talk about video games. Yeah, let's
0: yeah, talk about video, video games. games. Video games. We got an email this week, and oh, by the way, when you do send emails to uh, feedback feedback at show dot com, I, I I'm assuming that if you're sending it to us, that it's okay to read on the show. If it's not, please let us know in the in the email, and we won't. But uh, this one I'm, is pretty clear that, you know, is something that that the, the listener would like us to discuss. So the question is, despite a persistent desire to play games, I'm it to purchase them because I've completed slash played very few games in my life. Cool. Do you have any recommendations for short, interesting puzzle or crafting games that I can use to cure my gaming urge? And I, and I think this is a really interesting question because it's been coming to my attention recently that there are a lot of people who listen to the show who either have no interest in video games or are just getting back into video games because of listening to the show, which I think is, is incredibly awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this kinda is an opportunity for us to kind of some starter games. I mean, this uh listener puts gives us more of uh his or her uh taste and, you know, they've played KOTOR and they've played some other more Advanced, I don't know if you want to say advanced, but more involved games. So I don't think that this person is necessarily looking for like a starter kit. But I think there's a there's an opportunity here for us to recommend some games that are like just for, for people who are just starting to get back into games. What could they start with? I was actually yeah.
3: going to say Breeze Game if they have an iPhone because Revolution 60 is pretty short.
0: I mean, I'm presuming that anyone who's listening to this has probably bought Breeze Game at least six times. <laughs> they have
3: to. I hope to. so. They must. Wow, that's, that would be that's But in case they haven't, if people were intimidated by it, even after hearing everything we've said about it, it's not that long and you can play it in short bursts at bus stops.
1: Yeah, we've heard that from people. We designed it from the beginning to be really, really, really respectful of your time. Like, you can speed run the entire run of the game between three and four hours. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what your skill level is. If you're, yeah. you're a bad gamer, mm-hmm. if you're a super advanced gamer, like, we, we had the person that designed the difficulty levels of Rock Band like design that for the game. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, my game is, you know, the first yeah. one that came to mind because, like this uh, person that wrote into us, I also really consider my gaming time valuable and I don't mm-hmm. like endlessly grinding. So, right. 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 Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But yeah. as for Gone Home, I would say that game benefits from sitting down and actually playing it all the way through in one time. As opposed to playing in short bursts, which I'm not sure I remember the email right, but the person might not have that time.
0: I think they're looking looking for games that they can finish without a huge time commitment.
3: Well, that's true of Gone Home, but I do recommend that people play it in one sitting if they can, just because that's how I think that game works best. That's just my opinion, but I don't know.
2: Swapper. Yeah, the swapper um, is it, an. It's cute. It's fun. It's it's a nice you know intelligent game, but it's not something that you're going to have to invest a ton of time in, uh, or stress. So I think that's also a really nice game to if it's a, a starter game.
0: Yeah. Another one that um, we haven't talked about, but I think is really good is Evil Land. Especially if you're just getting back into games, you're just getting into games. It's actually kind of interesting from like a history of RPGs kind of perspective because it starts off from like a. Uh, game Boy game, and then you kind of have to earn everything that you can do in the game, from like changing direction to being able to use a weapon, and then it goes through like Zelda, and it goes through Final Fantasy and Diablo, and like the whole history of of RPGs. and It's only maybe two hours, and it's a cute. It's not it's not really challenging, but it's a cute little game that is pretty easy to go through, and it kind of will give you an idea if you're if you like those types of games to try to you know find something else in those genres that you like.
1: Did any of you guys play Contra Hardcore? Like the, uh, the XBLA slash PSN game that came out a few years ago? It's, it's basically Contra. And you keep playing through it and you, every time you play through it, you get so many points to like unlock, um, new guns or new features or more lives. Like, this version of Contra, you don't enter in the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right code. Uh, you have to, like, earn it through playing it. And what I really enjoyed about it is it's a short game. You can play all the way through it in, you know, a little over an hour. But it really, really rewards you for understanding the enemy patterns. And it's it's just a fantastic game. So is it almost like a roguelike version of of Contra? Or? Yeah, yeah, a little That's, bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. really it's really good. Like it has these awesome Contra battles against really well rigged giant enemies. Um, it's got this cool um, anime art style. It's actually a sequel. I'm sorry, a prequel to one of my favorite Sega Genesis games, which was uh, Contra Hardcore. Uh, for that, this is I'm sorry, it's Contra Hardcore Uprising. is the modern version of it. Hmm. You find out what the story is with the final boss at the end, um, because you're actually playing as that final boss when he was a soldier for the good guys. I really like that game because I enjoy games that... Again, are short that you can play all the way through that really reward you for, you know, really, really understanding them. Um, another mm-hmm. game that, uh, you know, he mentioned he likes puzzle games, uh, I've got to plug Peggle. Peggle is a wonderful game. You can play it, you know, beginning to end, end in about 90 minutes. So... Yeah, Yeah,
3: it's a great
2: game. Well, it's a little
1: bit longer if you're not you, Brady. Okay, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did you all play that game Edge? It came out a few years ago. It's like a block puzzle kind of game.
0: Yeah, I played
1: it a little bit. I
0: kind of got stuck in it pretty early, and then I gave up on it. I
3: really liked it. So, I mean, if this person plays a lot of puzzle games, and they're pretty good at them, then Edge is a good... It's not that long. I never actually got perfect in all the levels because it gets very hard, but each individual level is very short, and it starts out really easy. And the music is so good in that game, which is, like, mandatory for a puzzle game, I think, because you're just going to spend a lot of time with it. Uh, so I really enjoyed it, and I... The graphics are very simple. I Basically, you play as a block and you collect blocks. I, there's nothing to it, really, story-wise. But um, I remember really enjoying it when it came out and... I don't know anybody else who was into it. <laughs> oh. yeah. It kind of flew under the radar for most people because it's so basic. There's nothing about it that really stands out. But I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, another one. I don't know if you guys play this or not. Uh, Girls like robots.
3: I have heard it. Yeah, I've, I've seen, heard
0: of it, but I've never played it's it. It's really, yeah. it's really good. I can't. I recommend know this the premise no.
3: of it. It's so, feel like I've played it because I've seen people play it.
0: It's it's not even a matching rate. It's like a seating arrangement game. So the idea yeah. is that you have like a grid and all it starts out that you have girls and you have robots and the girls like robots and the robots like girls and then they add in nerds and the nerds like robots and the robots don't care about the nerds but the girls don't like the robots but the nerds like the girls and the girls then you don't have like the nerds i think okay. the girls don't like so yeah. you have to
3: sit people next to people that they like basically
0: right and you have to keep like the overall okay. happiness of the group at a certain level in order to pass the uh, in order to pass a level and it's so each level is kind of is kind of short there's a lot of levels but it 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 ramps up in in difficulty, but it never gets super hard, and they, yeah. they throw a lot of different twists in it, and it's it's really like a delightful game, and I can't recommend it highly enough. So it I,
3: is, like, and I remember wanting to be annoyed at at the at the time, but I love robots, so the game's not offensive. So I guess yeah, it's, it's not accurate. offensive at all. So <laughs> yeah, I mean it's completely factual, so I really can't knock it for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. We do. I like do robots. like robots too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Zuma is also a really fun game. It's it's like mm. one of the ones that is of of the masses of ones where you have like a chain of rocks and you have to put the similar colored rocks in together to make them disappear. But it it's a lot of fun. It's really simple. It's quick. It's easy. It's non-stressful. And I I enjoy playing it. I'll play it if I'm, you know, stressed and just want to do something mindless for a little while and yeah, enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think there's also something to be said for roguelikes where you really can't finish it, and it's going to be capped at a certain amount of time, so something like FTL Rogue is Legacy. really great. Yeah. Rogue Legacy. I mean, we talked about Necrodancer a couple weeks ago, uh, even the Binding of Isaac, maybe.
1: Yeah, it, but if you're trying to get yeah. back in the games, a roguelike is just going to like make you feel so defeated. It, it depends
0: make... on what you like, though. It depends mm-hmm. on what you like. I mean, if you like... It, it does take a little bit more effort to get into those games, I think that is, if you're a more an advanced, an advanced gamer who just doesn't have the time for it anymore like roguelikes are really good if you're somebody who's like beginner who's starting to get into it those aren't so great
2: depends the level of frustration you want to feel
0: yeah (laughs) you know i do this podcast so i like to feel frustration all the time so
2: (laughs) are are you saying something of the manner in which we treat you i'm not
1: saying anything i'm just
0: i'm just being here behaving myself nicely
1: I'm going Uh, to drive to your house and paint like a giant heart in your lawn and then set it on fire like that, that flaming out there just to make you feel, feel appreciated. I would believe that if I
0: knew that I didn't live so far away that you wouldn't be willing to actually drive
1: out here. Oh, well. (laughs) That is the one problem. Don't, 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 don't. don't don't threaten Bree
2: because I totally believe I've seen what Bree can do. (laughs) No, don't do it. Don't do you it. See Steve. the
1: power don't, of Brie on mass.
2: Don't don't call don't call her out on it.
1: <laughs> I wrote I wrote like a, a sarcastic email to this dude in like three <laughs> minutes this week. Brie
3: wrote a hilarious email and like thousands of people thought so as well and retweeted
1: it. It's been five thousand people today. It's on Boing Boy, So. <laughs> So I don't I mean, can I even talk about this without us getting an explicit rating? I mean or I how, don't how are we so? going to do very, that? It is very,
3: very funny. And if people think that Brie's funny on this show, they should follow her on Twitter.
0: Right. Probably. Yeah. Probably. We're not doing um, a dramatic reading, though I totally think you should have Amanda Winley <laughs> Lee do a dramatic reading. I know. That would be a great video. I it's, just can c I'll yeah. just say
2: one part that won't get us into any trouble. I yeah. love at the end after <laughs> you're dealing with you say, I believe in you. <laughs> love
3: that. I believe in you. So, I just loved it, because it was so inspirational. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think trolls are really going to step it up a notch after they see this email.
0: Yeah, Because if you don't understand what we're talking about... So this week has been a pretty bad week for harassment on the internet in general. Again. 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 Mm-hmm. Again. And uh, so Brie got a harassing email and decided to uh, respond as cheerful Brie, which is somehow more terrifying than angry Brie. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh so she posted that up on Twitter for people to retweet and retweet they did. So yeah. we'll put that with an NSFW uh warning in the show notes, which you can find at uh, isometricshow.com or five by five dot TV slash isometric.
1: Yeah, so that's why I had very little empathy for Georgia, but she's like, <laughs> I got spammed this week. And I'm like, Georgia, I had about five hundred <laughs> men tell me I made a typo today. Give me a break, okay? You're right. You're absolutely now I feel I feel Yeah, <laughs> people said Dalabunga to you. I had I had people like oh they're awful. They're I'm awful. Sorry. They're like, Yeah, okay, so you get horrible harassment all the time, but you misspelled this word. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, they make a good point. And it's really great that all of them said that. That's to you.
1: right. You, you should be making
0: an effort to spell check and grammar check your emails when you're under duress and being harassed by 500 people. I, I mean, that's, yeah. Really? I'm, I mean, what,
3: what are we paying and you for? Those guys really don't have time to check the reply thread and see if anybody else already corrected you. They're busy. They've got a lot to do. So they need to be able to just send you that correction and know that you'll receive it.
1: That's true. That's true. I will stop making typos anymore like I know men never make typos. So That's true. They don't. I appreciate don't. that. I appreciate that. I think thank you, thank you should
0: just, from now on, you should send all of your uh, responses to harassment via Siri. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, because Siri is perfect and never makes mistakes, <laughs> right. as we all know. Well, Siri's yeah. a
1: robot, so robots are by definition perfect. I use Siri a lot. Siri actually accounts for a lot of my typos and my tweets. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally being honest right now. No, I mean I was at Universal Studios yesterday when I wrote that, and I'm just like, oh, I'll show this guy, and I like bang out this email on my phone in five <laughs> minutes, and you know, then then like this all happened. I wake up this morning, I'm like. Three thousand retweets. What the? F- <laughs> what? This isn't even that funny. What's going on here? I don't understand. So you—you you were like, I could have done better. I was. This <laughs> st- like, wait a second. I thought Dalabunga would get fifty thousand retweets. No, Dalla no, Bunga. stop, yeah. stop.
3: St- <laughs> Challenge accepted. Everybody needs to just keep saying "dawabunga." Is the the moral today? If you
0: say "dawabunga" five times in the mirror, Georgia actually appears behind you.
3: To be irritated,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I just appear with my eyebrow up.
0: Bree, you want You were excited about Star Trek Online, right? You want to talk about? Oh that my god!
1: Okay, so. One of the things I get harassed about all the time is that I love Star Trek Voyager. Like, like just embarrassingly so. Like, I love Captain Janeway. I love that show. I think it's the best Star Trek, hands down. I know I'll get lots of angry tweets and emails about this, but I love that show. Oh, oh wait, you mean you might get angry tweets about not liking or liking something that people think you should like or not like? Right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe that might happen? So there's an expansion to uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Online, that, that's coming out. And it's uh, you know, the Delta expansion. And basically, it's a whole new expansion pack for this game the set in the Delta Quadrant. Now it's Captain Tuvok has taken over the Enterprise. And Star Trek Online, I don't know, have you guys played it? It's a it's a really good game.
2: I haven't played it. I It looks really good, but I haven't played it. Do they it have it, a Mac
1: client now? Yeah, they do. Because I remember I looked at it when it
0: first came out 2006
1: about that yeah it's seven or so because
0: yeah. i remember i had a couple of friends who were like huge into they were actually doing a star trek podcast where they were they were watching an episode of star trek every week and they were like super psyched about it but it didn't have a mac client so
1: i actually installed a uh you know a boot camp partition on my mac to to play it but you don't have to do that now but georgia i was actually gonna, gonna ask you about this like this is this is a psychological thing. So, you know, I talked very openly a few episodes ago about the depression that I had experienced. And what I did a lot during those years when I was depressed is I would play a lot of MMOs. I find to this day, whenever I try to play any kind of MMO, it doesn't matter if it's on a PC. It doesn't matter if it's on my PlayStation. It just really, it it's really strange. I can't even explain it. But this, it brings back like this like thing. And I feel I feel twitchy. And I start being unable to sleep. It's a really weird thing. Have you ever encountered any of that with any of your clients?
2: They're really addicting. Because one, especially if you're, you've been through a period and you're going through a hardship, it gives you that social like you're able to be social and deal with people and talk to things. And Create a character that you can get really, really attached to and enjoy. And I'm of the personality, too, that I can get really attached to my characters. Like, seriously, like, I I care about my characters. I feel very strongly about them and what they wear and what they're doing and where they're going. So that's one of the things. And the second thing is that you get this feedback loop of that, you know, you're doing things, creating things, and you get a little tiny feeling of dopamine, little shots every time you accomplish something that's in the game, that you get to keep because it's, it's part of your character, part of... You know your psyche, you know, and which is which is really nice. But on the other side, it can become something that people can become addicted to, and then again, the real world can pale. Mm. So you have to kind of watch and see your personality types. So some people are just more easily addicted to them than others. But they make them like they try to make them as addicting as possible, so that you play more and you stay and you get all of the upgrades and everything else as well
0: there are other things that draw you that drag you back into those things too because i mean on top of a normal game if if it's something that charges uh, a monthly fee you kind of get the feeling every month that you need to be playing it enough to be justifying the money that you're spending on it
2: Mm -hmm. and you might have a guild
0: yeah and there's also social obligations right like you have to be on at a certain time because you're part of a guild and you're part you're and
2: your friends will feel bad if you're not there and and
0: you're letting them down yeah yeah
2: yeah. And, and you get that feeling of a sense of being and belonging and you're part of a club and you're accomplishing these great feats together, which are a lot of fun. And the cool part about them is that you know that like it's more of a certainty like you know you're going to get that level because you can see that and you can't see that in real life and you know that you know one out of 50 times this spawn is going to drop and you're going to get whatever you wanted and life doesn't give you such certainty even though it might be one out of 50 and so that keeps people in there because in real life they might not be feeling the same thing so it's it's good and it can become too much like you have to always watch out for that
1: yeah i just i don't understand it because it's it's like a real it it literally makes me feel sick and it doesn't in a way that like diablo i can play it all day long it's the same dopamine feedback loop with you know Mm -hmm. random loot spawn and i don't know if it's like some sort of like mental like psychosomatic thing or what do you think
2: that you've attached it to like like how some people if they they were you know had something horrible happen to them at a certain place whenever they go back to that place they feel bad again because your your limbic system the part of you that deals with fight or flight you go to a certain area and it's trying to say well this area was dangerous or this area like represented a bad time in my life so let's stay away from that because it was, is attached to it. And our fight or flight system is, is really very primal, but very, very strong. So even certain colors can cause that, certain foods can cause that, and that's how we, we can get into certain patterns of behavior because of that.
1: And, and some of them can
2: be good and some of them can be bad. But yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people feel that, by the way, Bree.
1: Oh, okay. That's That makes me feel like I'm less weird. Because, like, I, I wanted to play Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn. And I did quite a bit, like, uh, when I had my knee surgery last year. There's just something about MMOs, as much as I want to go play this new Star Trek game, uh, because Voyager's my favorite Star Trek, I just just for whatever reason, it's not healthy for me. And I, yeah. I don't understand it. So yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm weird, so. No,
2: I, I think I think that's the, just the natural system of saying, you know what, this, this might not be good for you, try to kind of stay away. And it, it doesn't actually mean, unfortunately, that it is. People can have these attachments to and a negative feeling towards many things. And sometimes, you know, you'll say, well, that's not rational, because I know that this isn't the case. But the limbic system doesn't care about rational or not. It just says, "Listen, let's be better safe than sorry." Oh, that's cool. So, do you
3: have to give Georgia a copay now, or <laughs>
2: <laughs> she's gonna send me a,
3: a one dollar off of a hand turkey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. No, that seems that seems fair. That's how that's how health insurance in America works. It's that's fine.
1: It's a barter system.
3: It's done in hand turkeys. Yeah. Not-
1: I am going to go to PAX <laughs> next week. I'm gonna try to pick up some PAX merch with like hand turkeys. <laughs> it's gonna be great I want a t-shirt can we can we Maddie to like talk about you for a second can you like (laughs) I I expected to just sit back and do nothing today no (laughs) like I I think it's very interesting that you you choose to not get a pack
3: well that's not entirely true Well, this past year, I didn't have to go to PAX because my editor at Paste was very kind and sent other people to it because he knows that I don't think that it is an enjoyable experience. But Uh every other year, I have gone.
2: Why why is it not an enjoyable experience? It's not my
3: favorite con for any Uh, number of reasons that don't even necessarily have to do with Penny Arcade. I go to a lot of cons, and I think that PAX is very crowded and very... Focused on making people wait in lines for things that sometimes don't pay off, which I think Mm. is not ideal.
0: It's kind of like Nerd Disneyland in a way.
3: Yeah, but not... Well, Actually, yeah, you know, you're right. I compared it to Disneyland once in a column uh, like last year when people were talking about packs so if you want to really dig that up you can find it but people will wait in line for an extremely long time to play a game for 10 minutes and I remember at one packs I I really hate cutting the line which you can do as a press person but every time I do it I feel like a jerk so sometimes I wait in line just to kind of get the experience of what it would be like if I weren't press and one time I waited in line to play Borderlands 2 and I was about halfway through the line. I had been waiting for an hour and then they were like, um, yeah, so we're going to close the booth now and all of you who waited already need to go. <gasps> oh. So that happened.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that's horrible. So, See, yes. I've gone to PAX every year that it's been in Boston and I have never waited in one of those lines. I've yeah, never even not... tried to because I know that it's like... This is going to be a letdown. No matter what it totally. is, it's probably going to be a letdown, and I can just wait a couple months to to play whatever it's going to play. I actually just stick around the perimeter and just go to all the indie booths and see what they have going yeah,
3: on. Yeah, I enjoy mm. going to the indie <clears throat> mega booth every year, and but the thing about that is that I know a lot of those indies, and as a press person, I can play their builds ahead of, the, ahead of time most of the time, or mm. I'm about mm. to review them later, or what have you, so... Even some of that stuff doesn't feel new and exciting to me in the same way that it might to somebody who's a total outsider. So I will, all fairness to that. But also the panels at PAX tend to not impress me. I Bree, I've never seen you on a panel there I'm not trying to insult you I know you do panels there and I I have been to so many panels at PAX and I have found so many of them to be really really bad cool. like in comparison to other cons panels like we Bri and I met because we were on a panel together at Aresia a panel that I think was very good Arisia yeah. is very small it's in Boston but their panels tend to be pretty smart and that's a small con that does not have the star power of a PAX but PAX just lets any old person get up and ask a question for 20 minutes like it people can allow the q a section to go i mean just as a con i have a lot of problems with pax but then also i'm not wild about giving the pa guys money but that's a whole separate thing (laughs) maddie we we have to do an isometric at pax and then i i guess so i mean if people want to do like a bar meetup obviously Three out of four co-hosts live in Boston anyway, and we'd love to fly George down here. So whenever PAX East happens, I think it's in April next year. Well, I am already in town always, even if I'm not covering the con for work.
0: I think it's in March, actually. It's, uh, it's like the same weekend as GDC Oh, no, you're year. right.
3: You're right. It's not in April. It was April last year, but this year yeah. it's in March. I think it's March 6th through 8th. I put it on my calendar today, actually, because I was trying to organize everything. But yeah, so we should do a bar meetup even if we don't do a panel yeah absolutely
1: Absolutely. yes i mean i really i struggle every year also with do you agree with
3: any of the (laughs) the
1: i agree with everything you just said everything you just said i think win no no I, i i totally agree with you it's one of these things where you kind i you know i'm a pragmatist and i kind of have to hold my nose and you know, give Penny Arcade a lot of money, even though I think Mike is a bully, and I also kinda of agree that the panels can be a little self indulgent sometimes and it's, it's it's really it's a struggle for me. And mm-hmm. you know, even now Just even when- in
3: comparison to other cons. I'm like the quality of this could be better.
1: Well, but I also think there's the metagame of who, you know, if you're an industry professional, who you meet at these cons and it Mm -hmm. is a very helpful networking event, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have, I have certain goals for my company that, you know, it's my job to go out there at PAX prime this week and, you know, make that happen. So it's, I am equally torn about it. So, Yeah,
3: I mean, as a journalist, I've never had to worry about that side of things. I always can cover it, and I can always write every year that I've been all of these problems and not have to pay for my pass. I can honestly write that I don't think it's very good, (laughs) and I have done so in the past. So I, I have that luxury, but... I do understand that for game developers it's a completely different story. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I do feel compelled to say this. Like I I will happily say on the record that I think Mike from Penny Arcade is a bully and a terrible person and I I wouldn't shake his hand if I met him. I think he's just awful. I think he he just treats people very poorly. That said, the people I personally have worked with that work packs that are enforcers that help make the packs show come together, that help us like organize, like putting a vendor booth together or plan panels, or any of that have all been fantastic, smart, nice people that do care about this stuff and do get it. So and I, I think it's fair to kind of want to delineate the two. But I also agree with everything you said.
0: Yeah, and and I'll just say as a normal person who lives in Boston, (laughs) I mean, it's there's not it's not like there's a lot of other things that you can really go to.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: you know what I mean. It's like there's not anything else close to PAX in Boston unless you're planning to travel. And I mean, if you're you know if you're if you're press and you're going to GDC and you're going to you know E3 and whatever, you're or you're a developer and you're going to different shows and, and. Exhibitioning at those shows, then it's that's one thing. When you're kind of not, don't really have a travel budget and this is the game that's in town, yeah. you know, it sucks and I would rather give my money to somebody else, but at the same time, I think it's a really it's a really good thing, you know, just to be able to go and see all these games that I would never have heard of before. Sure. And be able to support a lot of indie developers that I may never even have heard of that may not get any press close to their game. Or maybe they do get press, and I just don't happen to read that post, and I never hear about it. Mm. So from that perspective, I, you know, I, I hate giving them money, because I know what they, you know, at least one of them stands for, and I'm not thrilled about it. But at the same time, I think it's so does so much good for people other than them that I'm willing to suck it up and deal with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, personally, I try to also highlight other cons as much as I can. Like, I know the Boston Festival of Indie Games is relatively new, and that has a lot of the same indies at it most of the time, and it's much cheaper. So I'm gonna be speaking at that this year
1: you are so well
3: there are a bunch of other talks it's not just me yeah well it's actually just me it's me for eight hours it's just the maddie show i really hope people support me because i'm gonna be speaking for eight hours that day it's actually gonna be a maddie
0: telethon it's really, really gonna be pretty
3: impressive intense so you can go play some indie games and then pop back into my filibuster and just see what i'm saying <laughs> at that point. um so that's gonna be boston fig so that's another sort of smaller con and i'm I'm hopeful about it. Uh, there are other th- things here and there, like Arisia is another one that I enjoy every Bosca. year, although it's also Bosca. smaller. Yeah. Um, so I just try to go to other things personally. I, I mean, I don't. It's not that I don't still go to packs when necessary. I usually have press passes to all of these. I'm very privileged in that way. But uh-huh. I, I do try to cover all the other cons as well, just so that people know it's out there. Oh, and Gamer X has a Kickstarter right now. Did you all see that?
1: I I didn't read anything about it. Can you tell me about it?
3: Gamer X is a con that happened last year and the year before that, I want to say.
0: Yeah, this this was the second one that just happened, and they, and it almost didn't happen. Yeah,
3: they almost ran out of money because running an event is extremely hard, and some of their sponsors pulled out at the last minute, and so they're doing a Kickstarter for next year, and they're already more than halfway funded, and it's been like a day, so they're probably going to get wow. all the way funded. And I think I've met the or- some of the organizers, and they're really, really cool, and I think their con is probably great, and I didn't get to go last year because it was the same weekend as Kineticon. But I think I'm gonna go next year. Yeah, I might replace Kineticon in my heart with GamerX. That's right. Oh. So maybe fund that because I'm excited about it and I heard that it was incredible.
1: So yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems great. It yeah, seems and great.
0: Uh, if you're interested in it, a friend of the show, Ken Gagne, had a um, had an interview on the first episode of his Polygamer podcast with uh, Matt Kahn, who runs GamerX. That was oh, cool. re- a really good listen. Yeah. So you should go check that out. Should we talk about Twitch? Because we haven't talked about Twitch in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Something happened with Twitch.
2: Jeez. <laughs> our, our Kickstarter didn't go through.
3: For, <laughs> yeah, we didn't manage to buy Twitch. I blame everyone for spending too much time saying Daobunga rather than oh, giving geez. us money for our Twitch deal.
0: <laughs> I, I would like to think that our Kickstarter got Amazon to get involved and keep it out of our our loving hands. We, we talked a couple weeks about Twitch. Were they, will they or won't they? It's been going on. <laughs> Did
1: you just compare them to Ross and Rachel? I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like sorry. the Bachelor can
3: I, comparison better, yeah. actually. Can, like, can I can and I just, Amazon are both maybe going to get proposed yeah. to, and Twitch yeah. is just thinking about it.
0: Can I just tell you, like, I've, so I've been on vacation this week, and <laughs> we've been so exhausted because the kids have been running us ragged at the end of the day that we've just been putting on the television and putting on whatever's on, and what's been on lately has been Nick at Night. And we've just been watching episode after episode of Full House and Friends until we pass oh, out. God.
1: Which is I'm sorry. Because
0: we're both too tired to change the oh, channel no. at that point. Yeah, it's oh, not no. good.
1: Friends has not aged very well. It has since not since the 90s. It has no. not, no.
0: And Full House is basically what a Disney Channel comedy is today. It's oh. really, it's really <laughs> terrible.
1: I remember watching Jennifer Aniston on that show and going like how could anyone have outfits and hair that gorgeous? And you watch it today, and you're like, oh my god, did she make some bad choices? Like, <laughs>
3: like you know? It's... Yeah, it's... no, I do know. I remember thinking that all of the women on that show were beautiful and stylish, and now I'm like, what? Well... <laughs> <yeah>. What? <laughs> the 90s were a dark time.
0: So anyway, going back to a current dark time. So so Twitch has been... <laughs>
3: I like that segue. Twitch proposed to Amazon, and Amazon said yes, and they're getting married. And there's going to be a lot of DRM at the wedding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nicely said, Maddie. You just made me nearly spew Powerade Zero all over my three thousand dollar MacBook.
3: Well, that's what you get for drinking while I'm talking.
1: So be more respectful.
3: Okay. I'm kind of punchy today. Sorry, everybody.
1: Uh... No, I like this. I like this. This is, this is a Matty Myers I can get on board with. <laughs> okay,
0: good. So, uh, what we've been trying to talk about for the past twenty minutes is that Amazon <laughs> bought Twitch for nine hundred. What was like nine hundred and seventy million dollars? One of the In jokes. I saw. Like, one of the jokes I saw on Twitter is that if they'd spent another thirty million dollars, it would have gotten super saver shipping. And
2: and and, and a turkey hand. <laughs>
0: that's like that's what like 10 like 10 100
1: million uh hand turkeys
3: yeah so technically amazon spent less than google was going to so i wonder what else they did to sweeten the deal
1: well it's all it's all cash and not stock a lot of the times like they'll evaluate these deals at much higher but they'll just say like hey and we'll pay this to you in stock i mean paying cash is obviously better
0: they had an interview with both executives right after the right after it took place, and they were saying that, you know, the kind of corporate speak that you're going to hear after something like this, where Twitch is saying that Amazon, they have a shared vision for the gaming industry, and, uh, I, I mean, I do think that Amazon is more likely to leave Twitch alone mm-hmm. than Google will. I mean, Amazon, other than some integration, but has mostly left, like, Audible alone. They've left Woot alone for the most part. So it's more likely that... Twitch is going to continue to exist as Twitch as opposed to if Google bought them there were a lot of rumors that they were going to get rolled into YouTube or it yeah. was going to become YouTube. Cuz so- Google owns
3: YouTube. And so that yeah. means that Twitch's main competitor is going to continue to be let's plays on YouTube and people will have to continue to decide where they want to go. Which is really good. Like in yeah, that No, I think m- its good competition too. is yeah. so
2: good for that that, you know, one conglomerate owning everything never does well for the
3: consumer. I wrote some things about it at the time, I really didn't like the idea of Google owning both YouTube and Twitch, just right. from a streamer's point of view, because negotiating a deal for how much money you're going to make is harder to do if the company owns everyone and Google calls all the shots. I mean, as it is now, it'll, it will hopefully be a little bit easier for streamers to make those those deals.
1: But but this is what I I don't understand. It seems like Amazon has been making a play into the the game industry. You know, they come out with the... uh, What's their set-top box again? Is it The Fire TV. TV. Fire TV. You know, and I mean, I've talked to a lot of friends out there. I can't talk to specifics of any deals, but I know Amazon for a while was very aggressive at looking at indies and trying to, you know, get titles on Fire TV. So you have them doing that. You have them buying, you know, Twitch. You have them buying the studio that made Killer Instinct. You know, it kind of all adds up. You know, you have them shipping the Fire Phone. It it adds up to them kind of becoming a competitor to Google in some of this space in a way that doesn't really seem to fit with their ecosystem and what they do do you guys know what i mean i mean you have Mm -hmm. prime streaming movies which is a a good service i i like it but it's it's so different than the service i use to buy video games and i just i don't understand what their meta strategy is
0: it it just doesn't make sense the one thing that they was in this time interview that came out was that Amazon, the quote is, Amazon loves people who buy games through Amazon because gamers tend to come back and buy all sorts of other things. Yeah. So this seems like it's trying to get mind share because if they have a relationship with Amazon, I would presume it's not going to take very long for there to be buy this game on Amazon buttons that come up on the Twitch stream pages. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. So if Twitch can convert people who are watching streams into Amazon customers, I mean, not that anyone isn't an Amazon customer at this point, but uh, if they can get them to buy more games on Amazon, that could lead them to buy other things on Amazon, which is good for Amazon's bottom line. That makes more sense than... None of these companies really give you a warm and fuzzy feeling to begin with, nah. but yeah. it's a, it's a little bit more comforting than Google just trying to you know accumulate all the uh, all the information in the world Skynet style. So
3: yeah, at least we have two evil corporations, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Well,
3: at least they can battle each other. Yeah, 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 like kaiju.
2: that's exactly what i was gonna say
3: (laughs) yeah and then we end up like we end up alive in the city at the end i mean it is evil but i do buy a lot of game things on amazon because you don't have to deal with gamestop and a lot of times gamestop doesn't have what i want so what else can i do i feel bad about it but there's not many options
0: i mean it's not like there's a lot of independent game stores that you can go to I mean uh, or there are some but not there, there are yeah, you don't... there aren't there aren't many that haven't shown up in that fighting game article that you yeah,
3: wrote. Yeah, I, I I have beef with all the local game shops in my area so I can <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a joke but it's the case. What so, what beef do you have? What oh, beef? Free, I'll tell you some other time because it's real and it's not that funny. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. I shop on Amazon because I don't have to talk to anyone while I do
1: it. Yeah. I feel terrible because it's so bad for the local economy, but I love like having games show up to my house and not having to, you know, go to a GameStop. So,
0: yeah, I mean, well, you I mean, know. who are you, you going to give the money to? You're going to give it to Best Buy? You're going to give it to Target? I mean, what difference does it make? You know some some mega corporations getting your money it doesn't well, really matter Well the
1: difference is if a GameStop owns a retail shop here in my town say yeah, then they're going to be paying you know, mills on the, the the property tax, like the property that the GameStop yeah. is in is going to generate revenue for the town. The town is going to get that tax revenue. There are gonna be jobs created for people to come and you know bother me while I'm trying to buy games. <laughs> you know, like it's it's a it's a source of revenue for a town. So Amazon does have huge consequences to the yeah, to that's fair. the the economy.
2: And I I don't know, I might be the only one, but I do miss going to like a game, a place, renting a game, trying it out. Like, there's something nice to just the interaction of like, feeling taking a look seeing what's there and being with other people that are looking for stuff there's something nice to that
1: yeah but there's something nice about not going there being with people or doing anything (laughs) I
3: feel like that experience has been gone for so long that I barely remember it like I remember as a child going to stores and looking at the video game aisle and being excited about it yeah it being huge but now that experience is gone because when I go to GameStop They almost never have what I want, and they're not doing well. So, I mean, Amazon has already taken that away, you know? Yeah. It's already too late.
0: Well, I mean, GameStop's got its own problems that have driven customers out, too, but that's beside the point.
3: Mm -hmm. But, but I mean, for a while, before it was GameStop, it was other local gaming stores. Yeah. And then it became only GameStop, and GameStop was the big corporation that we hated, and now soon they're going to be gone as well. So it's kind of like, you know, which corporation do we feel sorry for here? Yeah, no, I'm sad.
0: If we're sa- how about we get a little bit happier by talking about the stuff that Nintendo was doing this week? Because yeah,
3: I'm excited about this.
0: Yesterday, I opened up Twitter and I came. I woke up to find out that apparently they're doing a Pokemon and Tekken crossover, which is. Awesome. Well, it has the potential, yeah. It, do-
2: it does look like it's going to be very interesting, if nothing else. It looks yeah. like it's
0: going to be very, very interesting, and then I read further and found out they were making it for arcades in Japan only next year, because apparently arcades in Japan are still a thing. Mm-hmm. So, they did a, co- a couple of pretty interesting things. There's that... But they said
2: the arcades first. Like, it didn't say that they weren't going to come to consoles
0: i mean i can't imagine are arcades that big in japan though i mean i can't yeah. imagine that it's it's going to be worth that kind of an investment to release it there first as opposed to the console that they're trying to keep afloat
3: i hear that they are still i hope somebody some of our listeners can verify that but i, I hear that all the time as i
1: understand it, it is yeah i mean think about all the companies that are developing you know major you know substantive fighting games and they're all based in Japan. I think the Skullgirls developers are the only ones that really come to mind that are a western company. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat that's very good, very good. But
3: I I know my fighting games, so <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I I personally I like Tekken, I like Street Fighter, I like Dead or Alive a lot more than Mortal Kombat personally. But I I'm just saying it's part of the culture there, you know.
3: Yeah, no, you're right. And yeah. I mean fighting games are still a big deal in the states, but I would say that the culture is just not the same here, and we don't have arcades. Fighting games were not popular enough to save our arcades.
0: And so the other big thing that they're doing this week is that they announced that they're actually going to have downloadable content, like paid downloadable content for Mario Kart, which... And not only are they going to do that, but they're also including games that haven't normally been Mario games in there, so Link's going to be going to be a downloadable character. They're including a couple of characters from Animal Crossing. There's apparently an F-Zero... Yeah! Art. Which a friend of the show John Marstall, was uh, not too happy About because he and I have both been Kind of crowing for an F-Zero game For the Wii U for like years And this almost seems like a slap in the face That well you can't have an F-Zero <laughs> game But you can have an F-Zero kart in Mario Kart Here you go but uh, so, wow, never pleased, aren't we Steve? No, no, I want an F0 <laughs> game. I have been uh, like like it's s- not enough. It's not enough. It's so sad. Like I was playing Nintendo Land with my daughter the other day, and there's like an, an F0 like mini game in it, and I'm it's actually kind of fun. and then I'm thinking to myself, this is as close as I'm gonna get to an F0 game in the foreseeable future, and that makes me kind of sad.
1: So you can't enjoy F-Zero. Maddie can't walk down the aisles of a store and feel joy anymore. Like, we are all, except for Georgia, we are all husks of human beings.
0: That's why we keep Georgia here, to keep us, to, to keep us optimistic and, and, and loving life.
1: Right.
3: More like she secretly psychoanalyzes all of us and yeah. just can't even believe how weird we all are. No,
2: no, no. That's what I'm. I'm happy that I get to do this, so I don't have to do any of that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I don't know. I thought I make. I enjoyed F Zero. I did. I think it's one of those franchises that didn't really um, translate well into the modern era. Really, F Zero GX was really good, though. It, it was okay, but I mean, look, I, mean, I I play Gran Turismo, I play you know Forza, I I just you know it's it's, it's not as good, frankly. Well, but, but those are completely <laughs> different types of games. I mean, you can't complain. You can't compare simulation
0: racers and arcade racers. I mean, those yeah. are completely different. Those are almost, oh aside God. from the fact that they both have cars in them. <laughs> you got you mean, got different. Steve a
2: little upset there, Bree. Steve has opinions. <laughs> wow.
0: He's going
2: oh, at nice. it. He's going at it. Wow. Continue, Steve. I'm sorry. No, those are completely different games.
0: I mean,
1: a, a simulation racer and an arcade racer, the only thing that's the same is that they both have cars in them. If like, I can race, like, a completely awesome, like you know, 1968 Ferrari, you know, California GT, and some, like, POS car from F-Zero when I was, like, a teenager? <laughs> That's a very easy choice. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I think this is cool with Mario DLC or whatever. I just, I, I worried that you could make it a truly great modern experience. I uh, Maybe Nintendo could. Maybe Nintendo could. I, I think even if you just took, like, F-Zero
0: GX and you did an HD remake of it, like you did with Wind Waker, like I think that that would still be compelling. Or F0X even. You don't think that either of those games would hold up today if they re-released it with HD graphics and and you know at a higher resolution?
3: Would people be as excited about those games as they were about Wind Waker? I honestly don't know. Does do those games have the same fandom as Wind Waker did?
0: I mean clearly not because they haven't bothered to tap, to tap that uh that well again though. I guess they you could say the same thing about Metroid, I suppose, but
1: Yeah, you could. I'm going to tell a quick story here. While I was down, um, you know, I spent the last week in Florida on vacation. And while I was down in Florida, I talked to one of the waitresses down there that was breathlessly telling me how excited she was that the cast of Duck Dynasty had recently come to their restaurant and eaten there. And you could see this gleam and this twinkle and this excitement in her eye because she really loved that show. And that is kind of how i feel steve feels about nintendo sometimes in a way that doesn't seem totally rational to me so it's like i i i great i hope you're happy i yeah. am not the only one who
0: is as nostalgia for f-zero there's okay. no way i like zero the, yeah. that, that there are two of us in the world who have nostalgia <laughs> for f-zero Everybody's
3: gonna come out of the woodwork. Everybody tweet at
0: Steve. Tell tell Bree how much you like F Zero.
1: I like F Zero.
0: (laughs) I enjoy this. Use the hashtag #Dowabunga and then tell tell Bree how much you like F Zero.
1: (laughs) That sounds
3: fair. That sounds like a reasonable thing. (laughs) Sounds fair. Ask of our fam. good good expenditure of your time. Everything about that is healthy.
0: (laughs) I I I will say the one thing that did make me kind of happy is this interview with Miyamoto that came out today. Where he is fi- really? it's it sounds like he's finally uh, three years late uh, acknowledging the fact that they pushed a little bit too hard in the Wii era towards like the Wii music and Wii sports direction, and they're kind of coming back to the kinds of games that they used to make before the Wii. And, and I think that they were trying always trying to toe that line, and that a lot of that audience that they were trying to court. Has gone over to iOS, and they're not coming back to Nintendo to buy a dedicated game machine. And it, it's taking them a little while to kind of figure that out. But I'm I'm encouraged at least that they're starting to realize that, and then they can kind of adju- course correct as as accordingly. Because it's it seemed like they were kind of in denial about that for a little while, and now it's finally finally like sinking in with them that they need to not that they need to appeal to people like me, though I, you know, of course please make F-Zero, but
1: <laughs> I but, also uh, want them to make F-Zero. So. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Okay.
3: Well, I yeah. don't. No, I'm <laughs> I, I have no opinion. It would but, be funny if they never did, though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's so mean to me. <laughs> I'm oh my sorry. god! I'm just
3: tired and punchy. Oh it's my. all good. I love I love everyone on the show. Uh. <laughs> I'm just making fun.
0: But I mean, it's it's good to them at least see them recognizing that that audience isn't coming back, and then they can kind of focus their efforts on on the people who are buying their games.
3: I don't know.
2: I I was when I read the interview. You know, I think of Miyamoto, and I'm like like Yoshi and Squishy and love and happiness and you know just all of these things and. Now, maybe the quote was lost in translation, and it didn't come off as poorly. But to me, he, he he says their attitude is, and this is gamers, their attitude is casual gamers, sorry. Okay, I'm the customer, you're supposed to entertain me. It's kind of a passive attitude they're taking. And to me, it's kind of a pathetic thing. <laughs> they do not know how interesting it is to move one step further and try to challenge yourself. And I went, ah oh, that's not right. Like, don't do that that's not necessary yeah like, that
3: yeah. struck me the wrong way as well yeah. i i didn't even know if i felt huh. like that was true of it wii said. owners yeah it's just i don't know
0: well i think there were a lot of people who just bought it for wii sports and then but that's okay sports is
3: pretty hard i mean you know yeah. you can really get competitive at, at those games if you want to even yeah. if that's the only game you play you can get pretty good at wii bowling Right but just be <laughs> I I mean, on
1: hardcore It's
3: not like you can <laughs> yeah. passively engage with wee bowling, you gotta bowl, <laughs> you gotta actually do something, there's no pathetic <laughs> passiveness happening. <laughs> <laughs> so that seemed that seemed like a strange critique to me. I couldn't figure out who he was aiming that at exactly. Because when people talk about passively enjoying a game, then I think they're referring to, oh, the person who sits on the couch and watches other people play. Oh, we want to make sure we have Netflix available on the console. That kind of marketing thinking. But that's not really something Nintendo's ever tried to do. So I don't know.
0: No, but they have tried to aim at people who... Uh, they were trying to do the casual market pre iOS. I mean, they were. I remember that E three presentation where they introduced Wii Music that went over like a lead balloon.
3: Yeah, I I know what you're talking about.
2: It and again, these are people that have supported your company. I don't think that
3: we should like I don't know, not like just talk poorly about them. I don't know. I agree. I I thought it was very strange, and I I think there is a way to appeal to supposed core gamers without also alienating the people who already own your systems and who have a Wii at home probably still. Yeah, encourage them.
2: Be positive about it and say, listen, you know, you were a casual gamer. Let's try this. Let's bring you on to the next level.
3: Yeah, Uh, I mean, can't you pose it as these gamers could potentially get more interested and want to try you know, the Dynasty Warriors spin on Zelda or what have you. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think mm-hmm. he's just frustrated is is what it sounds like. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I just want to back up for a minute and talk about a story that came out this week where you found out that the creators of Hello Kitty, like they released some documents and things like that. And you found oh, out no. all along that Hello Kitty is actually not a cat. She's a girl that dresses up <laughs> can, as a cat. Can we have some real
0: talk for a second? Yeah. Because my wife informed me of this as we were driving home from back to school night this evening. And I had the entire five minute drive back from the school to my house. I had the, the kids were not in the car with us. I had an expletive lated rant for the entire length of the ride back from, from the school to the house. Because I uh, no that's that's crap
1: there are some things that are just lost in translation so you Mm -hmm. know I feel like ascribing super specific motives or feelings to, to anyone through the language of a translator and then through the language of a journalist who's writing a story about the translator I just think that Without more information, it's it's maybe not completely fair to ascribe that to yeah, him. I mean, this is a guy that's made lots of very loving casual games for people for a long time, so,
3: yeah, and I don't even know that he would call them casual. I mean, even the idea of casual versus hardcore might be an American concept that does not translate anyway. So, yeah, I I don't even know if they if Miyamoto thinks about his games that way. Yeah. I don't think he does, from yeah. what I understand.
0: Yeah, but from a perspective of like turning the ship around, I think it's good that they're coming to that conclusion that those people that they were aiming at and saying, well, the graphics really don't matter. That you know the people will come even for for non HD graphics stuff like that that they're starting to realize that those people are not coming with them to the next generation and that they do need to develop for the people who did come with them, which are people who are looking for a specific type of game that is not we Music necessarily.
2: Right. and that's But that's what happens with the smartphone market is it just gobbled up all of the casual gamers and it's much easier and much cheaper because most people already have a smartphone.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: it kind of put a little bit of a nick
1: in their plan.
0: All right. So should we go on to what we're playing this week? And Sure. So- so, Bree, did you get a chance to play anything in the Happiest Place on Earth or are you uh are Yeah,
1: you... I'm down to the uh the Elite 4, I assume in um in Pokemon X. So, I've got to I've got to finish this last gym in Pokemon X. I got the legendary Pokemon for Pokemon X. Uh what how do you pronounce his name, Steve, since uh, you know everything about Nintendo? Uh
0: it d- <laughs> depends you, you Pokemon X. I don't even remember what the hell his name is. Xerneas. Xerneas, Zer- yeah that's information i don't need
1: to keep in my brain but um you know
0: how great how great would an f-zero game be with pokemon driving the car driving the uh driving the ship that
1: sounds like a really bad i can see (laughs) nintendo stock price just plummeting after so i'm about to meet my first pokemon game which i'm really excited about because pokemon is legit hardcore like i read this article like as i was getting towards the end it's like what expert people who play Pokemon do that you don't? And it's like capture hundreds of versions of the same Pokemon in a row to like get up their EP stat. And I'm like, what the frack? Oh yeah, Pokemon breeding is a real and serious endeavor. I
3: knew a guy who was into that stuff. He was a math major, which first of all, that's a thing that you can be and then also (laughs) play Pokemon and be really good at Pokemon. Yeah, he would have long speeches about Pokemon that no one understood. Hey, Pokemon is serious business for people. Yeah, I totally yeah, yeah, yeah. get that, but it's very mathy. It can it can become very mathy if yeah. you're interested in that yeah. aspect yeah. of it.
0: I bet his
1: spreadsheets were super intimidating. Yep,
3: yep, yep definitely.
1: <laughs> so while I was down at uh, you know Disney, I was at Disney Quest, and I'm sitting there. and I walk over to this Marvel versus Capcom cabinet, and I just saunter over to it. And there's this guy playing. He's like he's a huge guy, like really really big, really muscular. And I'm like hey, can I jump in and play? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just wiped the floor with him. Like, ah! and, and, uh, I find such pleasure in that, Brie. Yeah, and, at the end of it, I go, good game. And Frank is staying right next to me. He goes, my wife just kicked your blank. Of <laughs> course he did, of <laughs> course he did. That's adorable. And then I'm like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, but I'll get her this time. And like, he jumps back in and plays again. And I wipe the floor with him again. And Frank is just as obnoxious. And I'm like, so what I don't understand is like, if you develop like legit fighting game skills, like that's a cool moment. Like, do you know what I mean? But there's really oh, yeah. no equivalent of that for a Pokemon battle. Is there? <laughs> oh, I'm pretty
0: sure there is. Because, I mean, once you get past the single-player game, there's, there's, like, a whole other layer of multiplayer Pokemon battles. Like, there was the Pokemon Championships last week, and that stuff gets super-duper intense. Like, there are people who spend hours upon hours upon hours leveling up all their Pokemon to level 100, curating the moves just right, building a team like you would build a deck in Magic the Gathering. And, and that stuff gets, like, super hardcore intense. Yeah. I guess the only thing is that you're not normally not in the same I mean, at least not anymore, you're not normally in the same room as the other person. There are probably
3: tournaments though. I mean, even fighting games you're often not in the same room yeah, that's anymore true. for reasons that we talked about just a few minutes ago. But yeah, Maddie, um,
1: I want you and I to get really, really good at the Pokemon fighting game and then what? just wipe the floor with people and <laughs> it comes okay. out. Okay.
3: That yeah, would be so it. bad.
1: Yeah, I want to get whatever the wussiest Pokemon is. Like, like <laughs> Jigglypuff, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And I want to just devastate people with Jigglypuff.
3: <laughs> Jigglypuff's amazing in Smash. You could be devastating people with Jigglypuff already. I love playing as Jigglypuff. Yeah. Really? Do you not? Brie? you don't even play Smash Bros. What is happening?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's too simple. It's too simple. It's too simple. Or maybe simple. there's a metagame I don't understand. So. There definitely is a metagame. Yeah,
0: okay, okay. Uh, have we not had the Fox-only, no-items, Final Destination Just d- as, discussion? I mean,
3: Bree, there's a metagame with everything, as we've just covered with Pokemon. There is a metagame in every game, and I I don't want you to be deluged with people telling you that you don't <laughs> understand Smash Bros., so let me just let you know now. There's a lot more to it. You can get obsessed with it. You can get obsessed with anything, Right?
1: Yes. Uh, The other thing I have been playing this week is I played Diablo for about 60 minutes tonight on PS4. Uh, I'm very unimpressed with the graphics. and (laughs) uh, There's fog everywhere. And this is what I don't understand. I mean, I, I fundamentally don't understand it about this generation. When Blizzard puts out a game, like you can look at World of Warcraft and there is beauty and elegance in... How much animation they did with so few bones, and like they picked a texture style, this kind of minimal is big blocks of color as opposed to you know finely detailed, like gears of war textures. And it's made to scale very readily. But what I don't understand is why you would put that game out on PS4 and wouldn't crank everything way up. So if you kill some like big fat dude that has slugs explode from his body, there should be a lot of like slugs exploding from that guy's body, but there are only like five, and I was very disappointed <laughs> <with that>. So... <laughs> so one dollar bunga, not enough slugs. Oh. It's a good game, and I know it's a good game because I was able to pick Steve. it up and hand it to Frank and go, here you go, Frank, and he can just press X oh, yeah. and kill stuff. So... It's it's fun in that sense, but as far as being a translation for PS4, I find myself really disappointed with the technical job they did.
0: Yeah, you know, I was trying to look at it that way and I realized that when I play this game, I literally only see stat bars now. So, I I don't even like I don't even know where my character is half the time. We get into the zen like state. I I got this this week also. My wife and I have been co-oping it like every, I'm on vacation, so what every morning while I'm riding the bike, we've been co-oping it for like an hour. And I've realized that I don't even know where my character is half the time because I'm literally just moving in a direction and pressing buttons absentmindedly, and I am, like, totally 100% okay with that. Like, it is almost – I get into this weird zone with it, and it's almost, like, soothing, in a mm, way, yeah like yeah. i don 't even notice what 's going on in the game i 'm just pressing buttons absentmindedly and i 'm totally happy and i don 't and i don 't care until I get something some sort of like a loot drop and yeah. then i get to i get to you know i get to play dress up with the paper doll of my character for for like five minutes
3: it's like a feedback loop right it's totally Positive a feedback, feedback loop, loop.
0: it 's totally a feedback loop it is totally like. It occurs to me, it's if they were charging, and they were kind of in the auction house in on the PC version, yeah. if they were charging for equipment, this would be no different than any other casual game on iOS that we complain about. It really, it's, it's the same type of just mindless gameplay and you know every so often it gives you a little boost by giving you an item drop and then you get to go play poke around for a little bit or you get yeah. a level and you get to you get a new skill that you get to play around with and it's it's mindless but it's a good kind of mindless so is
3: that what you've been playing what else have you that, been so playing?
0: that that's mostly what I've been playing so we got that like right after we recorded the show last week and that's been what we've been playing nonstop cuz uh, my wife hasn't played the expansion i've well she played a little bit of it but we must have played, like, 30, 35 hours on the console version after spending 30, 35 hours a piece separately on the PC version. So we prefer the co-op version because it just gives us something to do together that we both enjoy. So that's And that's the other thing that's there, too, is just, like, quality time and whatever. Um, so th- I've been playing that, and then the uh, the PSN did a sale. It probably will still be going on by the time you hear this, for those of you who are not actually you know on the Skype call with me right now. They're doing a sale on a bunch of games that they're showcasing at pack, So I picked up Ali Ali, which is interesting because I was I liked the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games a lot way back on the on like the N sixty four and on the the PlayStation two. And I was kind of been looking for something like that. Like the skate games never really did that for me, and I didn't really want to go back to the well with the Tony Hawk HD remake because I just it I felt like it just wouldn't be the same. So this is, like, a side-scrolling skateboarding game, and, and it's interesting. I, I, there were dinosaurs in the trailer, which is pretty much what sold me. <laughs> um, but it's... So it's interesting. I'm still trying to learn it. It seems like it's really deep, and it's really difficult. Like, I got through the first set of levels okay, and then I got to the second set, and I've, I haven't i have been able to get past it. You can wipe out really easily, and as long if you just get to the end of the level, then it will it'll open up the next level, but there's also different challenges, like getting a combo of a certain number of points, and landing specific tricks, and doing a combo of a specific length, and it's it's really deep, and I'm still trying to... I almost feel like I'm trying to like rub my head and, and pat my belly at the same time, but it's... I'm still getting used to it, but I'm kind of liking it. I, I probably need a little bit more time to kind of figure out how I feel about it, but as a... you know, it's, it's kind of a... it was originally on Vita, I think it would probably be better on Vita than than on the uh the ps4 because i feel like i, I kind of need to be closer to it to see everything that's going on and it's you know it's very pixel graphic and and low res and whatever but it's it's on sale this week i would recommend it if you if you're interested in it like look at the trailers and stuff like that but so uh so maddie what have you been playing this week
3: i have still been playing a bunch of street fighter and i'm sorry that i don't have really any other game but i i kind of realized today like oh wow i only played street fighter again all week
1: can you tell us like i saw you talk about i was
3: asking people what characters they liked um i used to play as chun li whenever sf4 originally came out because i'm playing ultra which is the relatively new one couple weeks old at this point but it's a updated version of a version of street fighter that came out in like 2009 i want to say and i remember when that came out i was playing a bunch of chun li i was playing more charge characters really enjoying it and then time passed and then I remember playing Street Fighter Cross Tekken when that came out playing some cami in that and then now this is out and I've mostly been playing as Poison and it's (laughs) sort of interesting to try the new characters and just see what mood I'm in this year I guess (laughs) when it comes to a character I pick because they're all very different so I finally this week started playing the other characters to see how they feel and it's been cool to revisit the old ones that i remember and also try ones that i never got into before and it's been really fun so if people haven't checked that out yet you should also zach's new fight stick came today and he ordered a used fight mm. stick and it was broken when it arrived <gasps> oh no and he is heartbroken about oh, that's this horrible Because it's terrible. So my advice to everyone is to never buy a used fight stick on Amazon, even from a seller with only good reviews. Because it arrived and a button was broken and also a hinge was broken. Like the screws, the places where you screw in the screws were gone. The plastic was um, stripped. So, I mean... The person who sold this fight stick sells a lot of fight sticks. They're a reputable seller, but they clearly didn't investigate this one well enough. So basically, just don't buy used sticks. I know that fight sticks are very, very expensive, and I understand that people want to save. But unfortunately, I just... I mean, based on this experience, I've never known anybody who bought a used fight stick before. This is kind of our experiment with it, and it went really, really badly. I mean,
1: just look for an older game. Like, Super Street Fighter 4, like, the controller's no different. The technology hasn't changed. Like, it's still the same arcade controller parts as, Mm -hmm. you know, if you buy, like, the newest version of whatever fighting game is out. So just find the ones with, you know from that, that company, and and go with that. I wanted to ask you, how do you find, like, if you're maiming Poison, how do you find her reca's? Like, that's my main problem with her in Ultra. Do you know what I mean? The three whips, what is it, like her Whip of Love reca move that she has? Which Ultra do I choose? No, I'm saying, like, the movement with it is supposed to be three half circles back in a oh, row, yes. and it doesn't work. At- I hate it. So that is, that is
3: a problem for me. I mean... I I haven't been able to successfully do some of the moves that I need to be able to do anything where I have to do more than one quarter circle in a row is tough. Three is another story. I, I can do the Z moves. Well, that's fine. Charge characters. I'm fine. But anytime I have to do multiple movements, like there's some characters where you have to do like a full circle and then hit a button. I, it's timing. I, I, it's just something that you have to keep practicing, but For me, the problem is that when you're in a match, I feel like I don't have enough time to execute the move. Do you know what I'm saying? Like literal seconds that are spent in order to correctly hammer out the buttons in the rhythm that they need to be hit, like the quarter circles and the buttons. So I'm like, I need to be able to attack quickly. And I want to do a special move that is going to take me a second to perform according to the way the game is laid out. But that's part of the game. So, I mean, that's that's interesting to me, especially since it's been so long since I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter. I ordinarily have been playing a lot of MVC3. That was the game that I went to a tournament and did last year poorly, but it was fun. Uh, but that is a very speedy game. Very flashy, very speedy game. So in comparison, I'm, I always feel like it takes forever to do the moves in Street Fighter.
1: You know what I mean? It's like... I found it very frustrating that they took out training mode for all the new characters. They're going to implement that later. Did they you not... need to. Well, they, I know
3: that... I hate that I can't do the challenges with Poison yet. Somebody apparently made a mod where... You can do Poison's challenges, and I guess whatever the other new characters are, I don't care. I'm pretty much only playing Poison. But they did make a mod where you can do Poison challenges, but I would really like to see what the developers have selected as her ideal combos. I've figured out some combos that work pretty well, but I like the challenge modes for the other characters a lot because they have combos that they recommend, essentially, and it, it'll be interesting to see what people choose for Poison and once she starts being in competitive play, what people do with her. But I did get some tweets when I was talking about playing as Poison. I got a lot of responses from people saying they were also playing as Poison, so that's cool to know that I'm not the only person who thinks she's great. But also, one person was saying that he didn't want to start using Poison in tournaments yet because he feels like she's not been tested enough and he doesn't know what will go wrong. So I'm not sure when people are going to get over that yet, but it's going to be interesting to see in the next year as these characters get introduced into tournament play what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's no definitive combo set that's come out for her. Like, these are the... Because she has so many of them. Like, you can string them. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean, she's a really layered character to play with. And I don't know. I just... That's why I like talking to you about it. I think she's cool.
3: Yeah, she is cool.
1: Yeah, I'm just
0: in awe that... It's possible to get to that level of...
3: Honestly, like, Brie is better than I am, for sure, and I feel like I barely know what I'm doing. Whenever I get something right, I'm like, yeah!
0: (laughs) Well, that's like, every time I play one of those games, it's like, if I actually manage to pull off a super move, I'm, like, shocked with myself, and then I end up getting killed because I'm, like, busy, like, admiring my work.
1: (laughs) So, so can I tell you guys the secret to winning matches against people online? It's, it's really simple. I don't understand why people don't do this. They call them special moves for a reason. You're supposed to use them in special circumstances. That's Every single special move has a specific time and a place and situation where you're supposed to use it. The way you can beat people online all day long is to just sit there and wait for them to make a mistake and do a special move because everyone wants to do the special moves and then punish them.
0: And
3: then. Because <laughs> yeah, usually they're pretty easy to evade. At least in Street Fighter, most of the special moves are easy to evade. That's not necessarily true in MVC.
0: Well, yeah, those usually take up like the whole screen. In, yeah, in,
3: in MVC, Cap- if somebody manages to do their special move, you're pretty much done. But in Street Fighter. Well, uh,
0: it's not hard to pull off the special move in Marvel vs. Capcom. No, you?
3: it isn't. But. It's also true that in Street Fighter, if you get hit with somebody special, you take a lot more damage, so you really want to avoid them, and if you do avoid them, then the person is just flailing around and you can attack them. I mean, I don't know. That's that's basic stuff, but it's definitely not stuff that I'm good at yet, and it's been fun to try it out. I mean, for me, I don't just feel special if I do a special move. I feel awesome if I win a match, and I feel even better if I win a couple of matches in a row, but I mean... Like Georgia probably knows this. There's like a psychological component to when you win too many matches in a row, you start getting cocky and you get worse. That's mm-hmm. a thing I've read studies about. I know it's real. And so for me, my problem is that if I get, if I win too much in a row, I start turtling and I get less confident and I start being like, I'll just defend. I don't even really need to do anything anymore. And I like forget to attack. It's a really weird reaction to have, but you just need um, to pull like a
0: George Costanza and just say, you know, (laughs) just say, you know, that's it. I'm done.
3: Yeah. I need to, I need to leave. As soon as I win, I need to be like, okay, Zach, I'm going home. And he will be like, what are you, you're staying here. What are you talking about? I'm taking my winnings and going home.
0: Okay. Time to play Diablo now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, but we're we're doing okay at playing against each other too, which is like a whole other level. We almost never play against each other in games. Not since before we started dating. We used to play fighting games against each other a lot, and that was no big deal because we weren't dating. But now we are, <laughs> and it's very different. So we're trying to explore that, and I I think we're doing okay. I we're yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I can't remember if I said this on the show, but I once. Want- Bet Frank that if we played a hundred games of Street Fighter in a row, he couldn't even beat me for one round. And wow. then we tried to do it and I won. <laughs> and there no was way. a little, that was not a great <laughs> Jeez. Bree, you're a beast. In retrospect, Bree, did you really win? No.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no, oh, a That I didn't. was very psychological. I didn't. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wow. Oh so so Georgia, <laughs> what have you been playing this week?
2: Okay, so I've 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 been really, really busy. So I went back to my uh, roots and I've been playing and yes, this is from a child. But I've been playing Tapper.
0: Oh yeah. I love
2: Tapper. Oh, is that, that love, beer game? I love Tapper. It's root
0: beer tapper now, Brie. No,
2: I I play the I play the Budweiser version, but
0: Oh, you play the one that actually has the Budweiser logo? Yeah, on? of course. Oh yeah. wow. Wait, yeah. what do you
2: do? I don't know
3: anything about this.
2: It's it's you. It's really an old game. But you're this little guy, and you have to serve beer to these people. You're. It's pretty much a, a a game about making people alcoholics. So you serve people all of these little drinks, and then you try to be the best bartender that you can. So it's like the Tom Cruise of games. Yeah, Matt, did you see Wreck It
0: Ralph? Yeah. Okay, so that the bar in Wreck It Ralph that was Tapper. It's it's the Tapper bar,
3: huh? I'm sure people told me that at the time, and I just didn't. You know. I love the game. I love the game. It's so much fun.
0: I remember playing on my Commodore 64 as a kid, and it actually had the Budweiser logo, but I was too young to know what beer was, so it was, it was fun.
2: <laughs> what, what is fun about it? Uh, I don't know. You just it's it's similar to what Steve was mentioning. You just kind of get into this flow of being able to hit at the right time. And it brings me back to that feeling of childhood, which you were kind of talking about with that limbic kind of response of either disdain or happiness. And it just kind of brings me back to that happy place of when I was a kid and just putting money in and being able to use a quarter and be there for like 20 minutes and playing one game. So is it like Diner Dash? Like you set up okay it's i understand similar di- it's different but yes similar to that yeah
0: it's like diner dash if the if the angry restaurateurs could drag you over the over the table and throw you into a wall
2: okay. right and birds are falling down from the ceiling yeah. and like but similar idea glasses. yes yes oh, exactly
0: okay. yeah yeah it's a time management game it, it's like the ancestor to diner dash or kick mania or whatever all right so i think that's <laughs> <laughs> yay yay we made it through another show everybody we did it. What <laughs> show is this? What number are we at? 17, I think. Jeez. Wow. No. Know for our We're almost nerve. legal. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening. So you can go and uh, review the show on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate the reviews and the ratings.
2: We do. I love and reading them. Please do more.
0: Yeah. Even in the Canadian store.
2: That one's great. High-fiving random people. That was just
3: yeah. fabulous. I don't remember if we talked about that exact review
2: on we last did. Week's
0: show.
3: We did, but I think actually. we did. I think we should talk about it every week. Everyone should high-five <laughs> someone.
0: When you're on the train listening to the show, just high-five people randomly and then tell them about the show. I
3: love yeah, it. Yeah, freak them out. Freak them out. That's what we want on the show. We want you to alienate others and then say Daobunga to them.
0: And they totally will not call the cops on you, I'm sure.
3: No, 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 no. We <laughs> can't do it to not. our people. <laughs>
0: Uh, so you can also find the show notes for this show and every show at isometricshow.com or at 5by5.tv/isometric. Uh, you can send feedback via email, like Jay did at the top of the show to feedback at isometricshow.com. Make sure to tell us if it's okay for us to read on the show or not. And you can follow the show on Twitter at isometricshow, and you can also follow all of us individually. I am at WickedGood and Bree, where can people find you?
1: Just look on the internet for someone like this viral thing going around, someone telling off a sexual harasser, and that is where you can find me. Just follow that link of everything that's going viral, and that's me. Or if all else fails,
0: uh, Space Cat Gal. And Maddie, where can people find you?
3: Samus Clone.
0: And Georgia?
2: At Georgia underscore Doe.
0: So thank you very much, as always, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one.